0: Healthcare providers are struggling to pass tests designed to measure if they understand the privacy law HIPAA, according to new data from the HIPAA Journal. More than half of clinicians failed them in 2023, and two-thirds say they've seen a potential HIPAA violation. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ben Leonard. The Senate Finance Committee on Tuesday is considering permanently expanding telehealth rules in Medicare. There's overwhelming bipartisan support on the Hill for the change in Medicare, but Democrats have been critical of issues like permanent virtual care coverage by high deductible plans. The Biden administration is rolling out the White House initiative on women's health research. As part of the initiative, federal agencies will recommend actions the federal government can take to advance women's health research, including how to treat and manage conditions like endometriosis. Those agencies include the Departments of Health and Human Services, Veterans Affairs and Defense, among others. And a prominent Florida trial lawyer has bankrolled successful ballot initiatives on medical marijuana and minimum wage. But when it comes to supporting a proposed measure seeking to establish abortion rights and overturn restrictions, he says he won't. Political policy reporter Eric Sarkeesian is here with more details. Hey, Eric, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So we've seen abortion rights advocates score wins in a number of state elections, including most recently in Ohio. I understand there's been a similar effort to get abortion on the ballot in Florida. How has that been going so far for activists?
1: So far in Florida, if you were to measure it by amendments that have actually made the bar that the state has set, you have to require 891,000 petitions that have been signed by voters in order to qualify for your question to get on the ballot. In this case, they only have $9 million. A competing ballot initiative had spent $40 million. So it's a question of where they are financially. Right now they have 500,000 signatures toward that goal. They only have three more months left. So it's getting down to the wire.
0: Where's the funding been coming from for these efforts to get abortion rights on the ballot? And how is that compared to other states?
1: the largest compared to Ohio, Ohio, you saw a lot of out-of-state groups that were chipping in, groups from New York, D.C., groups that were progressive organizations, nonetheless, but they were dumping in, you know, two, three million dollar sums. Florida hasn't seen the same thing. Florida had one philanthropist out of Palm Beach who's donated more than a million, but I think that one of the organizers said that 80 percent of the donations that she's collected all come from locally. And if you look at their campaign financing, there are a lot of tens and fifteens rather than the thousands and millions and tens of thousands that you might see. So it's definitely more of a grassroots effort, but not to the same strength as what they saw in Ohio with those larger checks from out-of-state groups.
0: Do we expect any sort of shift in strategy as we get closer to the deadline?
1: I think at this point, the organizers, they're hoping that they're starting to see more wind in their sails from the impact of the Ohio victory. And then, of course, there were decisive elections in Kentucky with the re-election of the governor there and then you know everything in Virginia. I think they're hoping that will be the momentum that's to some degree expecting from what they say because of all the of money that was put in Ohio. They think the people who are donating in Ohio are now going to be shifting to Florida and Florida will take the focus. But you know as you might know, one of our most legendary fundraisers for ballot initiatives in Florida is John Morgan, the owner of a giant law firm Morgan and Morgan. I mean, even he had said that this is going to be a pretty tough climb and they're going to need a lot of money and a lot of labor to get those petitions signed.
0: You know, looking back, have any other Democratic-focused ballot initiatives succeeded in Florida?
1: Actually, one thing that organizers in Florida are saying about the Ohio initiatives that they're noticing that this was not a partisan issue, that they had won by margins that showed enough that they needed both Republicans and Democrats to support the issue, which obviously with abortion, fiasco Republican, he or she almost undoubtedly say that they're pro-life. Marijuana is sort of one of those issues that actually proved to be a nonpartisan issue. When we legalized marijuana in 2016 through ballot initiative, 71% of the vote in Florida supported that. So clearly that was left and right. So I don't think they wanted to call them Democratic initiatives I think they want to focus on that. This is an issue that's important to everyone, just like legalizing medical marijuana.
0: So what's the state of abortion law in Florida right now?
1: As of last year, the legislature approved a 15-week ban on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. This was right before the U.S. Supreme Court followed up by overturning the historic Roe v. Wade case. Regardless of the court's decision, the 15-week ban is now facing legal challenge filed by a consortium of abortion rights groups, Planned Parenthood, and ACLU. That case is now in the hands of the state supreme court, has already indicated that they're not buying the, the argument by Planned Parenthood and the pro-abortion groups. If that ruling is favorable to the law, then 30 days later, a new type or six week ban will kick in. The legislature passed a six week ban after Roe versus Wade, but there's a trigger language in there that it can only become active in the case that the state Supreme Court rules in favor of the 15 week ban. So it's kind of one and then the other. So when we get a ruling from the high court on the 15 week ban, 30 days later, Florida will be under a six week ban unless the high court does not approve the 15 week ban.
0: And I was watching the Republican presidential debate last week. What does Ron DeSantis had to say about all this?
1: One thing that he did say sort of caught me off guard, this was toward the end of it when he was asked about whether he would approve a national abortion ban, was that he had actually had said that pro-life groups are caught flat-footed, and he was almost calling them to action. I actually had to confirm this with the campaign. He's clearly saying that they need to take action. He didn't say specific to Florida, but I think he was definitely hit by it. He's obviously pro-life and he wants to save. He believes every life has a shot and wants to save as many babies as possible. He said all of those things, but he was taken a bit back by the results that we saw last week.
0: Well, thanks so much for talking.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Beth Felton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. That's Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.